Adelaide United fans, hello, it's Jared Walsh, and I'd like to apologise to those of you who listened to the last edition of the Pitch Podcast, where I spoke to Lachlan Byron. We spoke about ice cream in Germany, um, him being in the same league as Wrexham, and you could hardly understand my voice. The following day, I lost my voice, and I was there for the first couple of minutes of our match at Cooper Stadium, where we had a one-all draw. Um, against Sydney FC, and that was it. And I feel like I let the team down, and I'm sorry, um, because today's a celebration, and today's a beautiful day, and I wanted to do a good job. So I've had lots of manuka honey and hot water and lots of cuddles. And the positive thing is I'm vibing because only like a few minutes ago we made the announcement that our keeper, our Socceroo Joe Gauchi, is with the club for a further three years. Joe, congratulations, bro. Welcome you, back to the Pitch Podcast. Pretty special time for you um, is a, an obvious statement, but wow. Are you relieved that it's done? Are you excited? Like, talk us through your emotions. Um, yeah, all of those, I suppose. I think I'm relieved that it's done and that I can just get back to focusing on football. I guess my focus has never really changed, but it's just, you know, nice to have that, that security and, and now I'm going to be with the Reds for, you know, a further three years. Um, I love playing football here and... You know, it's been the club that's given me every opportunity to express myself, you know, on and off the field. And I'm extremely, you know, proud to be able to represent South Australia every week. Um, and yeah, it's it's the best place for me to continue my development as a footballer. You've done a lot of media stuff over the past couple of weeks. You get off the plane after making your debut for the soccer. Is what cap number are you again? Can you recall Six, that? 631. 631. Um, you get off the plane, which was an in- interesting experience for myself because um, I was wearing my Socceroos tracksuit and yourself and Nesta um, were not. And I was going down <laughs> the escalator at the airport and the journo started filming me and then uh, Robbie Cornthwaite and Max Burford had to tell the camera operators then I'm a nobody and I don't matter so don't film oh, me. And that's, that's fine, God. I get that. You're but not a nobody, mate. Well, I, I, I understand. Uh, You're the Socceroos... My- Announcer, yeah, but That's mate, ultimately this is this is about you, and I'm proud World to be Cup. wearing your World shirt. Cup. Yeah, but this isn't about me. This is about oh, you, mate. Sorry, so mate. we're we're going to talk Adelaide United um, and do a, a match preview in a, a separate edition of the Pitch Podcast, and we'll get to the Socceroos in a second. Um, can you talk us through your thought process in regards to signing a contract extension or getting a new contract? Because I don't know much about it. Do you entertain offers from other clubs? Do agents speak to you or your particular agent and go, mate, you've got a few offers, let's think about them? Like, to a point of what you're able to share, what mm. is the process of going through negotiating and signing a contract to that length too? Yeah, probably the latter that my, my agent put in front of me, the, the offers that I had. Um, and then it's up to me to decide where's going to be best for my football at the end of the day um, and where I feel I can continue to develop. And the most important for me was to continue to play. Um, you know, I think there's been a lot of talks about going to Europe and those potential things, but I think for me right now, it's really important that I continue to play consistently, um, and I've been lucky enough to do that here. So that's you know that was the number one thing um, on my list of priorities, I suppose, for where I was going to sign. So, yeah, and, and if I was going to be playing in the A-League, I don't want to play anywhere else, you know, apart from in, in Adelaide. Okay, so. so you said if you were playing in the A-League, does that mean that there was the potential for you to consider 
opportunities overseas that discussion could have happened if you wanted to yeah, go further I, in the chats yeah it could have happened if i if i think the right door had opened um but for me like i said i want to continue to play and continue to learn i don't feel like i'm i feel like well i should say i feel like i'm developing every week i don't feel like i'm you know going out there and playing every game perfectly i'm still making mistakes i'm still learning um so for me that's the most important thing is to continue continue to learn and develop so you know i don't see you know why i would go anywhere else at this point in my career we are in the adelaide united change rooms at the moment i feel uncomfortable being in here and i um i spoke to nestor a little while ago because i feel that this is your sanctuary and i don't deserve to be in here and i (laughs) i mean that in the in a serious way because this is like um i'm wearing your like playing shirt and this is your shirt right so um to to hear you say what you said sitting in these change rooms you obviously love being a part of adelaide united um do you also look at some of the other goalkeepers that have spent time from the league that have gone overseas and come back pretty quickly? The reason I say we're in the change room, because Nestor and I had a similar chat where mm. if you look at a couple of former Adelaide United boys, like Paul Izzo spent some time overseas. He's he's playing in the league at the moment. Um, Mark Birrigidi did the same thing. There's an opportunity overseas potentially, but that's not guaranteeing you a spot being the first choice keeper no. and you might be on the bench. So... Do you need to come into consideration in your mindset going, if I'm going overseas, I need to be playing football and yeah. I don't want to be just sitting on the bench in the hope that I get an opportunity? Yeah, 100%. I've, I've said it multiple times that, you know, that's that's my mindset with, with going over there. It's different playing, you know, any other position because you can go over there and you can get subbed on for 20 minutes at the end and, you know, get a chance to show yourself. Whereas in goals, you either, you know, you're playing or you're not. So to be able to, you know, be rewarded with the spot um, and be rewarded with the opportunity to play every week is something I don't take for granted. Um, and I want to, like I said, continue to play. So, yeah, I mean, you, I could have gone overseas and, and pursued an opportunity, but that doesn't mean I was going to be playing. Um, and I think at my, my age and um, with all the experiences I've had over the last couple of weeks, I want to, you know, continue to to push for the, you know, the Socceroos squad and things like that. And I think I need to be playing for that. So that's where, where my focus is, is to continue playing. I think you can only have so much learning, you know, on the training, on the training track. And I know a lot of my development and learnings over the last 12 months have come, you know, by playing games and getting exposed to, to certain situations on the pitch. So that's, uh, that's the biggest thing for me. And, and like I said, that's why, why Adelaide, um, you know, has got me for the next couple of years. I feel like goalkeepers have some sort of brotherhood. It's like a cartel, a collection of weirdos that just um, spend their time with big gloves on and save <laughs> goals for the time being. But Dive around in the mud. Yeah. Um, sliding doors moments have, have really stood out for me when I watched you at the, the Socceroos, which we'll get to really soon. And um, I, I can imagine it would be quite difficult for James Delinov the past 12 months to, to 18 months because of... I guess the opportunities which which he had and then were presented to you and back and forth and vice versa where it it could be as black and white as if if James didn't get injured you might not be sitting here as a as a socceroo like for for me that's a it might be a really naive way of looking at things but it's also quite simple mm. um is it important to get around him as well because of what um he has struggled with injury he's fit now which is great but as as much as it's a really good time for you, I'm sure it's challenging for him times at the moment, which you've also been through mm. challenging times. Yeah, I think 
being a number two goalkeeper is probably one of the most unrewarding and unrecognized positions in the squad because you're not, like I said, you don't come on for 20 minutes and get your little cameo, you know, to, to prove yourself. Apart um, from when you get sent off. Yeah, apart from <laughs> when I got sent off, but we try not to focus on that. Um, but, you know, he works extremely hard. He's pushing me every week. You know, he's a, a great guy um, and he's fantastic around the, you know, around the change room and, you know, he's, he's ready if, if, you know, something happened. So it's a position that isn't, um, you know, does get, I guess, the highlights or the accolades of playing and, you know, he's, he's not able to get game time through the MPL just because of his age. So it is, you know, a really difficult um, position to be in, but you need good people, you know, to be in that position. You can't have someone who's kicking up a fuss because he's not playing. He's just head down, works hard, you know, is there on game day to support me and, you know, gives 100% to, to supporting me and being there, you know. And we, and we discuss a number of things on the game where we talk about, you know, specific moments in the game or the goals or whatever. So, you know, you need that. Um, and when he was playing, I, I tried to do that as best of my ability and, and vice versa. So, you know, it's been he's been fantastic and, you know, he deserves that. Um, I guess recognition for the for the hard work he puts in and the support that he provides to not only myself but the whole squad. You know he's there to, you know, really lifts the mood and gets along with everyone. And um, yeah, I don't think it's something that should go unrecognised. Uh, for the people who are listening on today, which is a Thursday, you can catch Joe's A-League uh, All Access. So that's at 7 o'clock tonight being Thursday. You can watch it on Keep Up 10 Play and Paramount. So for those people that don't know what it is, you had a camera crew following you around <laughs> at your house, at training and at the match. Like full-on camera crew. Yeah. There was a, a camera focused on Carl throughout the game. against Sydney FC as well, which they'll have to bleep out a few things. <laughs> Was that a, a, a strange experience for you to have a, a crew following you around like you were on reality TV? Yeah, it is a bit strange. Um, it's something you have to get used to, that's for sure. Um, but no, it's it was it was a good experience. I mean, it was something something different for me. You know, <laughs> usually just play the game, and you know, you know, you've got cameras on you, but they're never right up in your face, so you don't. You know, that kind of just goes to the back of your, your mind and you don't really think about it. And um, no, it was interesting and it was interesting to have them, you know, around at my house and, you know, following me around and, and doing these sorts of one-on-one interviews with full, you know, lights and camera production, all this sorts of things. So no, it was it was interesting and um, oh, I, I enjoyed the experience um, and, you know, looking forward to, to getting everyone's thoughts on, on the episode, I suppose. It's, uh, yeah, it'll be a fun one. When were you able to stop and reflect the significance of you representing your country at the highest level as a soccerer? I saw you pre-game. I didn't want to speak to you during the game or really afterwards because I said to you, soak everything in. And I love the the interaction we had at the end of the the match um, in Sydney, but also especially at Marvel Stadium because you were looking around pre-game, you were walking back and forth and I was just watching you like a real creep. But I loved watching you take it all in because I know how much you really never take for granted moments in life. But the game finished, you went back to the hotel. The next day you got on the plane, had a press conference, had a haircut, (laughs) then you went back home and then basically the next day you had to go back to Sydney yeah. because we were playing the Wanderers, I think. So yeah. there's not much time there to stop and reflect at the significance of you as a person and your career and the people you were surrounded by. So no. have you had that time yet? Not really. Um, 
yeah, it's something that I think I'll have to put on the back burner until uh, until the end of the season to really stop and reflect and um, think about how, I guess, significant it is. Although, you know, I've had a time and I'm extremely – time to think about it and I'm extremely proud of, you know, the, the achievement. Um, like you said, it was sort of that one day of travel back and then you're straight back into it and, you know, which was a big game in Western Sydney away and trying to extend that gap in second and, you know, the, the focus just shifts completely. So – no, I haven't had a, a proper think about it, but, um, you know, I guess speaking about it now, it's something I'm extremely proud of and to be able to have my family there, you know, to watch. And they were coming either way. They were coming. Mm. They booked their flights when I before I even went into the camp. So they were just proud that, you know, I was in the squad and that they were going to be able to see me, you know, warm up and in the green and gold and just be a part of it. So when I rang them the night before the game to tell them they, they better not be late because because I'm starting. Um, yeah, they were over the moon. And Were you surprised um, at that point? Because Matt Ryan plays in the first game and then um, I love the fact that he stayed in Australia because he could have just jumped on a plane and pissed off. He could have. Yeah. So he, he stays. And then Andrew Redmayne's there too. So initially I was surprised that Danny Vukovic had retired and he didn't want to be part of the kind of the welcome home celebrations, which opened up an opportunity for you, which is awesome, right? Mm. But then Matt Ryan's not playing and yourself and Red is and it's you. And the, the joy that I got seeing that news, at what point did you go, I'm a chance? And then you get the call to say, no, no, you're in. I didn't think I was a chance at all. Um, you thought Redders was in straight away? Well, it wasn't – I mean, I think we – like I was aware that um, Matty had a little little niggle in his groin, but, you know, it was he didn't pull out of training. He was training fully. So I was like, oh, he's going to play. Um, obviously he's a very experienced and high level goalkeeper so I thought you know it's the welcome home you know they're going to play the players that played in the World Cup and um, you know Arnie was very focused on winning the game so I think they're going to I was like we're going to put the best team mm. you know out on the park and, and they're going to play so I wasn't aware of it at all um, until I was you know in the lobby with, with Goody we were just having a coffee and Arnie sat down and you know asked, asked Goody what it was like when he made his Socceroos debut um, and said, if it, is, is he ready to help me make mine tomorrow night? And, you know, that was when the, I felt that lump in my throat and I was like, oh, my God, this is really happening. Um, and, you know, Goody just, after Arnie left, Goody just sat there laughing at me because I was just staring into nothing. I just didn't know what to, you know, whether to laugh or cry or, you know, what emotions to feel. So, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of, you know, if I was going to be playing the game at all until really I was told. Um, and I guess that's a good thing that, you know, I wasn't going in expecting to play at all. Um, you know, I was going in to learn and I did a lot of learning and the the icing on the cake was really that I got the opportunity to play. They were um, decent as well, Ecuador. Like yeah. they were physical. Yeah. Um, you were unlucky with the, the – they, they scored some pretty good goals. Like the penalty one, obviously, you were unlucky because that can go either way. And I tried my routine of writing down that they'd score, <laughs> so – they wouldn't because um, I'm a curse like that. But then um, the, the second one was pretty decent. But um, you, you had time to go onto the pitch at Marvel Stadium and have a look around before anyone else. Do you remember what you were thinking at that point? Not really. Um, I do it before every game, um, regardless of the occasion, and just try to just soak it in, I suppose. Um, uh, yeah, I'm a bit weird like that. I like to go out and just appreciate you know, wherever I'm playing, whether it be out at Cooper's or, you know, at Marvel the other week or uh, it's just a habit that I've 
had over the last couple of years to just go out and sort of appreciate it before I go out and warm up and then play because once I come back out for the warm up, it's sort of just all focus on on the game. And when you're playing the game, you you really don't get to to soak it in too much. So yeah, it's just something I like to do is just have a little look around and you know just sort of go wow I'm I'm here and I'm playing and you know this is such a good opportunity whether you know it was the Socceroos or whether I'm just playing at Coopers um I love to just soak it in and it sort of just grounds me a little bit to you know appreciate it because I think I've you know over the last couple of years of you know we talk about those sliding doors moments I've come in and come out through injury and things like that so I know how quickly things can change so I think just to appreciate where I am at that specific time is important and it helps me just you know stay focused on the day-to-day and just enjoying you know each day and and working hard so what did you learn you said you learned a lot are you talking football wise you've learned a lot in your life when it comes to football living away from home and how to mature pretty quickly off off air we were talking about the the tattoo that you've got in your your left arm which is a a brilliant message from your father what what did you learn in that short time of, of being part of the the camp which is going to be the first of many for a very long time because there's there's an obvious opportunity for you now where there's a changing of the guard in the Australian goalkeepers front where Matt Ryan's going to be there as long as possible Andrew Redmayne will will try to do the same but that's your spot now until it's not yours so what did you learn that's going to help set you up mentally and also football wise moving forward Um, I think a lot of technical things um, a lot of refinement in just my technique and my style of goalkeeping that weren't huge drastic changes I don't think I'd be there if there was a lot that needed to be changed um just little one percenters but I think just you know learning from Maddie and Red is just the way they they operate on the field how they work their intensity you know when we're working and, and the focus you know when we're not working we have you know that that banter and can have a laugh and a chat but when we're working we're working hard and um you know every ball there 100 percent effort um you know for for every shot so yeah, I think just that mentality is probably the biggest thing. Um, and, you know, seeing how they operate off the field, away from the field in their prep and in the gym. And Did you know the boys before going there? Had you spent much time with them? Uh, I When I went into the camp last year for those couple of days, Redders was there. So, we, you know, we'd kind of spoken through that and I tried to pick his brain a little bit. Um, and I just met Matty. We didn't get to train together, but I met him there um, and we spoke few years back on the phone I just you know was able to get his number through some people and we just spoke and I just asked him for advice and things like that so um no it's pretty cool that he's now your captain yeah yeah <laughs> it's ridiculous um but yeah it wasn't that long ago that I was just ringing him asking I was when I was injured and I just rang him and asked for some advice and you know how he trains and those sorts of things and then we met uh when we met last year he said you know next time um we'll hopefully be able to train together and um yeah we were able to so yeah obviously he's been at at the highest level um so seeing how he operates on the field like I said with his work rate but then off the field his mentality his diet um you know what he's doing in the gym and and try to really pick his brains on that um but yeah a lot of those little things from them specifically but then you just see all the, the players obviously players playing in the Premier League and all had fantastic careers or having fantastic careers so I guess seeing the way that they work day to day and um, the effort they put into to training and to looking after their body and those little things just sort of, I guess, um, what's the word? Just sort of just 
refocuses me on what I'm doing and, you know, how I can get better um, in looking after my body. All right, I've got two more questions on the Socceroos before we wrap this up. Don't forget there will be uh, uh, an exclusive game preview for our match against Western United um, on a, another special edition of the podcast. Um, who did you get to know that you didn't really know? Because I, I liked looking at the squad. We've got a very um, eclectic mix of footballers in the Subway Socceroos, right? So we've got um, Matt Ryan, who's football, football, football. Very serious operator. You would know him with banter. You look at Jackson Irvine, who, again, is quite serious. But looks like he wears op shop clothes all the time. Craig Goodwin, who is, uh, if he could, like, he loves his wife, um, Caitlin, but if he could marry a football, he would, because he's obsessed with football. There's lots of different people aware of Bill, who does so many amazing things um, off the pitch. We had like seven connections to South Australia yeah. in the soccer, which was amazing. Who was someone that you connected with or enjoyed getting to know that A, you didn't think you would, or B, you didn't know that well? Oh, that's a good question. Harry Souter as well. I love I love Harry Souter. I reckon Harry Souter is going to be the next captain of the Socceroos. That's just my personal opinion. But I love looking at all these people, how mm. it makes up the team. Yeah, no, it was very diverse, I suppose, is the best way to put it. You know, lots of people come from all different backgrounds. And um, no, I guess someone that I didn't got to know that I didn't really know before. I mean, it was good speaking with Award and, you know, um, Thomas Dang as well and just a lot of you know there was one night where we were all sitting there playing cards and we looked around I don't know who said it but it was like god we're all from South Australia yeah and we didn't even realize you know so I think there was as South Australians we're very proud of it although you know a lot of the people from the other states like to you know talk us down we're very proud of being from South Australia so yeah no it was um good to you know get to know some of those boys in there I guess you know football journeys from Adelaide because, you know, they're, they're a bit older than me and um, have moved away um, from South Australia at, you know, sort of before I came through. So, yeah, it was good to get to know to the, to know those lads and, and their journeys from, from Adelaide. And you then have to develop trust with them because you've got to yell at your defenders to try and get <laughs> them to move. And these people, like, you've met for a day. So I'm sure that's challenging. Um, before we wrap up, so you get your shirt. This is this is the stuff I'm fascinated with because at the end of a game, I see everybody on the pitch side asking for shirts and boots and gloves, like everyone. And I think, little kids, shut up. Have some more respect. Don't ask for stuff. You will get stuff if it's given to you. So how many shirts do you get? What did you keep? Did you steal anything? And <laughs> did you put your shirt on... Um, in the Sydney game, or are you superstitious and not going to put your playing shirt on unless you physically play for the Socceroos? There's a lot of questions there, but I'm wow. interested. So talk um, about how many shirts you got. Did you give any away? What are you doing? Just talk to me about that stuff. About the shirts, all right. Uh, we got three for each game. So the game, the date of the game, who we're playing, the stadium is printed. Uh, I believe it's just under your number on the yes. left-hand side. Yes. It's just printed there. So... For each game, we got three kits. Yep. Um, because I was on the bench the first game to answer that question, I just put it on. I put the kit on, like I'm I'm walking out, like I'm ready to walk on and start. Awesome. But I'll just put my jumper on and just sit there, and because it's just that, just in case. Yep. You know what I mean? Um. And yeah, because we've seen coaches uh, abuse players when they're not ready. Players for not being ready. Correct. Exactly. So shin pads on, everything. Like it's probably not as necessary. The gloves are off because they take you know ten seconds to get on, yep. but. Everything ready to go just in case. You know, worst case, um, you just have to take it off at the end. It's not really a big yes. deal. So I'm not really superstitious about that. Um, uh, well, I kept it. I kept them all. 
really. Right. I, I so you're going to frame case. the one that you played in? Yes. So it's, in the, it's actually um, in the process of getting framed now. Is it signed by the team or it's no, just yours? It's just me. Dirt on it and stuff? It. Yeah. That, well, it's been washed. But um, mum and dad are like, do you want to get all the dirt out? And I was like, no, I kind of want the grass stains on there because there's otherwise you can't separate it from the other two from that game. Yes. So then if, you know, my parents will keep one of them and I'll give someone, you know, someone else one of them. So there would be no way to, you know, there would be no difference between the ones they're getting which weren't worn because I only wear one kit every game. I mm-hmm. don't swap at half time. So, um, yeah, that's, that's going to get framed and that'll go in my room. Because I think it's like for those people who uh, get them, I reckon the players who have played 50 games for the soccerers, it becomes easy to hand out the shirts now mm. because you know what? The parents have one, um, like for yourself, you keep one, your family gets one, and maybe you never know, it could be someone who's really influenced your football that's yeah. going to get a, a junior coach or something like that. First one's really challenging, it gets easier. But then people on the sidelines are like, can I have that? And it's like you're going to go, you know what, random kid from Victoria, yeah, what I'll do is I'll give you my playing shirt for my first ever Socceroos game. There you go, buddy, which they probably will put in a drawer. No, I think they're, they're asking from, you know, they're just, it'd be proud for them to, I suppose, I have. I'm not, they wouldn't probably have the same emotional connection that I have to yeah. it because it's just another top. But, you know, I've been a fan and I've asked for tops, so I can't knock them for trying. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, kids at that game I said and it's my my debut top I want to keep it and you know the parents there are like yeah that makes sense you know I like, saw Brandon Brello and some some woman said to Brandon Brello Brandon I'm a mother can I have your top and Brandon said I'm giving it to my mother yeah that's and a I'm good thought, answer well done bro well done so we could we could sit here and talk about this for ages mate um but it's been a, a really big day for you um big 24 hours don't forget if you haven't um heard about it you can watch the uh, exclusive access on keep up um and, and the way that you can do that um is on through all the, the social channels and on TV as well through Paramount and Ten, and it's um, going to be a really exciting thing to see. So, Joe, congratulations. We're stoked to keep you at the club for how long? I don't know how contracts work, so I'm sure there's an overseas club that can buy you if they want because that's football. Um, but we're stoked to have you, mate, and uh, I'm personally so proud of your journey. I feel I'm responsible for your success because I said ages ago that you'd play Socceroos, <laughs> and um, so you're welcome. And... Well done, man. It's uh, a pleasure to see you shine. And I've said this to you before, the way you carry yourself, you're a credit to your family too. So um, we couldn't be happier to have you at the club for another three years. And uh, we appreciate you joining me on the pitch. Appreciate the kind words, mate. Thank you.